Welcome, fragile human being, to Podcast Maximus, a Transformers comics fan podcast. We're now hosted on Podbean and we're produced under the Red Button Audio label. We've got some hosting costs to cover, so if you'd like to support us with money, you can at co-fee.com slash redbuttonaudio. Otherwise, or additionally, you can encourage us with honeyed words on Facebook or on Twitter at Podcast Maximus. On with the show. Hello and welcome to Podcast Maximus. This is episode 49 and you have found us here bereft. Bereft. I am Tom McNally. With me is Stuart Webb. Hello. Yes, I'm bereft because uh, now we're on Podbean. Uh, Tom McNally is my boss. And uh, I'm a little scared. I'm worried. He's made me wear a uniform. Uh, giving me a jaunty hat with his face on it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we should say, uh, well, we haven't moved because of any particular drama or anything like that. We had just been having issues uploading the episodes or having to constantly go to our good friend, Mr. Denya, to have him do it. And we just thought that was a bit unfair to constantly pestering him like that. So that's, that's why we are now our own thing. Yes, TF Archive is still a fine website for the fine people. But you will notice already that we are missing one third of Podcast Maximus. Yes, Marion has uh, decided uh, to uh, step back from doing the podcast. Again, there's no drama there. It's not like when your parents got divorced and stopped loving you. Oh, man, there was a lot of drama there. There was a gun involved. We're all uh, still pals. We talk to each other all the time. Uh, you can still find Marion on Twitter, at Momorto. M-M-O-R-T-A-H. That's, that's how you do it. I, I should have probably asked that at some point in the last five years, but now it's too late. Uh, no, we, we do want to say a big, big thank you to Marion, because I do not think we would have done as much as we have done uh, without her over the years. Uh, bringing her on in episode six, I think it was. That was uh, the solidified moment for the podcast. And uh, I think uh, we, we are going to hunt around for a third person because we like the format. Uh, we could never replace her. No, Marion was absolutely huge. I fully expect us to wither and die without her, um, you know, in terms of organising, in terms of promoting, in terms of editing. We've lost, I don't know, I'd say a heart or a limb. No, we've lost a torso. We're a torso-less podcast, Maximus. And uh, I hope, um, I humbly submit ourselves in this form and uh, wish that you find it still enjoyable. Well, she, she'd say what she likes that. She goes, this is, this is rubbish. <laughs> We're going to do our best. That's all so, we can in, promise. In memory. Until we find uh, our new host, Warian. Who will be uh, sort of a, having a, a massage. A bad Marion. And a yeah. yellow hat with a big W on it. Oh, yeah. If there's a Warion out there, please get in touch. She had like a funny voice. Be like, yeah, Transformers. Wee. <laughs> and we wouldn't get her to calm down ever. Yeah, that's, a, that's our heartfelt tribute to, <laughs> <laughs> to our, dear, our dear friend. She's uh, with us in spirit. She's she's still yes. on the group chats. Oh. Uh, but it's not just about looking backwards today. No, not at all. Except in every sense. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> this is going to be a little, little bit of an indulgent one. We're going to talk about me. Yes, we're going to... Stuart is now firmly in the spotlight and it is, I can see it visibly singeing his hair. So you may or may not be aware, gentle listener, that Stuart is maybe the most prolific writer 
and chronicler of Transformers history, I think. I think maybe you're up there with with the Jim Sorensons and and the such, the such likes. Yeah, Jim Sorensen, Chris McFeely, and, Chris McFeely, and, and yeah, nobody so. else, nobody else. Okay, he's that eccentric. Yeah, so uh, Stewards, uh, you know, an important part of the Dark Triad up there. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's remarkable whenever I I think upon it. Stuart blogged in real time a review of every single issue, including specials and spin-offs of the Marvel UK Transformers comic that started in 1985. Have I left anything out there? Uh, they started in 84, Tom. Oh, God, I, you know. God, I wasn't born then. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I, I also did all, all the British Transformers comics as well, so I did all the uh, Mark Bay stuff. Oh, all the Titan ones. All yeah, I did stop reading at the Titan one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People... people... <laughs> Because they haven't been printed any of that stuff, uh, that was probably the most niche, uh, the niche writing I've ever done. But you know, it's, there's always one person reads it. It's all. So, not to be outdone by his own staggering accomplishments, Stuart is about to undertake um, a project of equal or greater mass of uh, the transformation project, and it is called Revisitation. And t- tell me how that's going to go. Well, I, I will tell you, it is. Uh, I have worked out that uh, when people talk about the RDW stuff, they talk about it uh, more about the latest stuff, and uh, more in terms of uh, trains and story arcs and uh, outside of some original context. So I thought mm. to myself, uh, in the same way with Transformation, I'll refer it in, uh, as it was originally released. Right, all uh, well, the all the ads, all the back matter, all the letters pages. Exactly. All the yep. Every issue yep. was an individual unit rather than, uh, than perhaps having his rent down in trades. I thought it'd be interesting to go through the IDW stuff. In a way, even IDW don't talk about it anymore. If uh, you look for an IDW reading order list, pardon me, uh, it is always going to be in suggested reading order. What they think you should read is in, even like the big hardbacks. Uh, that they do, uh, the phase one, two, and I think they're doing phase three now, hardbacks. Uh, they're in reading order rather than publication order. So I thought, yeah, let's work out the publication order and do each issue as it originally came out. I'll do one a week and uh, go through it in, uh, in that same way I did with Transformation and explore the context of switching between series and storylines and things happening out of order and conflicts between writers and editors and artists and the guy who did the photocopying and uh there's a lot of drama in idw over the years isn't it? <laughs> which is your bread and butter i think it is i mean obviously yeah uh, because most of the people i'm talking about are still working for idw in some capacity there's not really been a sort of many retrospective uh, as honest interviews perhaps as there has been about Marvel stuff I think uh, you know, if you uh, come across any sort of controversial story decision anyone involved will still say uh, it was a naturally and organically arrived at decision but did not uh, and it was at any point forced upon anybody and anybody who loves it was happy uh, whether that's Simon Furman having to wrap up his stories early with Michonne's stuff or uh, the introduction of a Hasbro verse stuff Right at the end, uh, there's, there, there, there's professionalism, which of course uh, is entirely right 
Yeah, you don't <laughs> slag off your boss while you're working for him. Uh, so a lot of my speculation about that behind-the-scenes stuff is going to be more speculative, uh, but hopefully logical. Uh, I think like Mike Costa's the has ever given a really honest interview where that was one of the most hilarious things uh, of all time. Yeah, he was he was punished for it, poor man. Yeah, so this is this is one thing we found out recently. I'll give an example of uh, new behind the scenes information. Uh, we found out fairly recently that when More Than CI and Robots in Skies launch, there was supposed to be a third book written by Mike Costa about Optimus Prime on Earth. And that mysteriously didn't happen. But, uh, uh, this is something John Barber has revealed. He didn't say why it didn't happen. I assume it would have had something to do with that interview. Mm. Maybe, or if not that interview, maybe the way he was uh, uh, very clearly pissed off. Maybe think, let's not, before the interview. I don't know. But uh, but that's why Optimus Prime is in the EVA series. And, okay. Uh, if you have active interviews at the time, they give uh, sort of a bullshit reason for Optimus Prime not being there and only being... Uh, partially there and it's just because they'd already planned out all their stuff before they found out my costa wasn't going to do that book okay so what so so what revisitation is going to be is no less than a full history in publication order of every transformers comic that idw published and a lot of scurrilous behind the scenes gossip yes scurrilous <laughs> libelous uh not libelous though so always uh no crimes were committed in no the making crimes. of these comics. It's, it's just a making of a comic. Like, I mean, probably quite a, lot of, quite a lot of wage theft. I mean, there's a lot of surplus value that's going out of these these very talented people. Oh, I, but that's that's not a crime, I'm told. Apparently not. But I'll tell you what was a crime. Uh, putting huh? the exact publication order together. As I said, there's a list of it. So I had to go through the wiki. Yeah. Issue by issue. Oh. I right now have the date. Okay. It said first publish on. And then put it chronologically into my list. Yes. And that took about two or three days. Because then, okay, so I've got for all of Warm BTI, and I've got to go for all the Revs in Skies, and slip them in between each Warm BTI issue, and then each spotlight, and then each my Costa issue. And some of them are a bit confusing because they were released on different dates in different formats. I think one of them, Punishment, but uh, was a digital thing originally. Oh, what, the Dinobots? The, one. the Dinobots one, yes, that only has a month. First publication on Wiki uh, for its digital format. It's got one for the physical comic, but it doesn't mm. say when the actual digital came out. So that's gonna, I'm going to be guessing there. Be, uh, okay, so you're going up against a company that's quite dedicated to presenting an ahistorical record. <laughs> yes, it. it uh, yeah. I, I'm sure I'm not fighting IDW here. <laughs> well, I see. It seems they haven't made. They haven't really assumed that someone would do an incredibly detailed chronology of the series. Uh, they have done made the job I've given myself harder. So I blame them for that. <laughs> I mean, we we I, I say they. Of course, this is a period of fifteen years, right? So this is this is a many-headed beast that Stuart is battling uh, with no particular agenda. It is. I mean, uh, I should say also, we uh, all the joking about behind the scenes stuff and that. Uh, the goal with both this and transformation has always been to be positive. Uh, because oh, I... what? Yes. That doesn't get the hit, Stuart. Well, you know, obviously, uh, there's always, uh, across 15 years of 400 odd issues, there's always going to be stuff that doesn't work so well. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to write for eight years 
Uh, that's like, uh, shit, 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 <laughs> more shit. Yeah, that uh, sounds like a bad mental health exercise. Yeah, and it's not, no, for those that read that, because I'm assuming the people who are going to read this uh, like Transformers <laughs> comics. <laughs> Those are the people there who, uh, who are going to hate fuck the IDW comics by reading constantly negative stuff about it. So, uh, uh, every issue, I am, uh, even the ones, and I'm, uh, I don't want to mention my poster again. <laughs> Uh, it can sound like I'm already punching down on his face. Poor man. A couple of years before I get there. But uh, even though there runs, but I'm not as keen on it, every issue I'm going to find something that is good and to uh, celebrate. Whether it's the art, an idea, a joke, uh, this, uh, yeah, something to, to uh, some social political commentary that now is more impressive a decade later. Hmm. Or some silliness out of the bad stuff. Uh, if something doesn't work, I can at least have some fun with it. Yeah. Uh, so, I, it's I, all, I guess it's, it's I, laughing with the comics when I'm uh, critical of them, not, not laughing at them. And I suppose at this point, as a, as a story, if we imagine, I mean, I know they're not, but I imagine if we do take the whole IDW series as one story of the Transformers, I guess at this point we can say it was a success. It was. Well, I think it's... Uh, that original continuity uh, is by far the longest single body of, uh, say, universe Transformers fiction by a huge uh, margin. Okay, so you have already started Revisitation. I have. I have done uh, issues zero and issue one of uh, Infiltration, which I very cleverly uh, started on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. The day where people want to read about comics for those two days. <laughs> so you're off to a running start. And um, what have you experienced so far? Let's go. So dial us back. What year are we in? What What is Infiltration Zero? What is Infiltration One? What uh, does that mean? Infiltration Zero is uh, October 2005 for issue zero. And then uh, January 2006 for issue one. There's like a three-month gap in real time between those, those two issues. So, hang on. Uh, no, wait, I'm trying to imagine where I was in 2005. I, hmm, I think I was working in an off-license. Um, uh, I was hoping you'd have, you would have been working as a waitress at a cocktail bar. Because that's Sarah Connor from Terminator? Is, oh. is that? Did, did you not get the Human League in South Africa? The Human League? It's a song. I don't know this song. Sorry, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've missed uh, the reference. I think it's a song that's double one when I was born as well. I'll rend my clothes. Well, that's uh, a joke for tail, then. Good. <laughs> Give me some context. What was happening in 2005? Well, uh, of course, it, we were still in the immediate aftermath of 9 11. Uh, really, from living under clearly sort of worst states of affairs could ever possibly happen in America. <laughs> all the rest of the world in our lifetimes. <laughs> so it's like pre-Facebook. That was like 2006, right? Uh, around, man. Yep, yep. And uh, you probably had a MySpace page, Tom. I, 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 I had a bunch you, of MySpace. You would have been that yeah. guy. You would have got MySpace. I had some excellent MySpace pages. Was... <laughs> pages plural. Wow, you're a man of many identities. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, sort of in the general pop culture world. It was a sort of year Star Trek. And Star Wars ended. Oh, uh, last wow. Star Wars film. You had Scott Pecula, a friend of our class, had run Star Trek into the ground. And it, uh, it was cancelled. Nice one. Uh, Doctor Who came back. Oh, my uh, God, really? As Intervention Zero was 
and we were waiting to see what David Tennant was going to be like. Which uh, oh, so this was like the end of the f- like first season of the reboot of Doctor. Okay, it was yeah, we were coming up to the first David Tennant's Christmas special. Oh my god! And uh, I, I met, I'm sure other things happened in the world in 2005. <laughs> it's but uh, I'd only been at my job for uh, three years. Oh. As opposed to 19, as it is now. And uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan was still officially James Bond, even though uh, he had done his last film at this point. We didn't know it. Well, uh, I think they were just uh, coming up to uh, announce Daniel Craig. Okay, so most people don't have smartphones. Um, there's very much... Oh, yeah, I think mean, uh, iPhones are 2008, so nobody had a smartphone. Uh, Iraq has been invaded after... Yeah, we, we brought the freedom. Yeah. Um, Dodgy Dossier, was that around that time, or was that later? Yeah, that would have been happening. I can't remember okay, if we yeah. knew about it. Uh... So George Bush and Tony Blair doing doing uh, doing a new crusade. Um, yeah, quite a... Yeah. See, the seeds of the future are buried in the past, said a gorilla yeah, once. It was. Um, in fact, Gorilla did say that. <laughs> but uh, I think, uh, sort of, uh, in terms of the Transformers comic, uh, the big sort of uh, media thing of the period is The Ultimates. Sort of uh, right. Marvel's yeah, post 9 11 attempt to. It's a difficult thing to describe now, but there was a time when The Avengers was a silly. Uh, it was it was a kind of a, a done concept when nobody wanted to attempt it again, where it was sort of embarrassing the whole concept, but for a different reason that it's embarrassing now. Um, it was seen as like hokey and um, painfully earnest, and uh, exactly the wrong kind of tone for the kind of things that um, mainstream comics uh, and entertainment people wanted to be doing. Uh, well, I think uh, not. Not wasn't so much for comics people. I think a lot of people. The ultimate is uh, if somebody made a film of the Avengers in those sort of X Men wearing black leather film days and uh, the Spider Man movies days. How where Spider Man has organic web shooters rather than mechanical ones and all like, bits of radioactive, uh, genetically engineered spider rather than a, a radioactive one. But you think it is? Yeah. If somebody would make a film of the Avengers. What is the stuff they would strip? What's the fact they would strip away to make it palpable to cinema audiences that don't read comics and let's do a comic like that? Right. So there was blood in the water from X-Men. And like, wait a minute, we can dig up all this old shit and we can um, put some cell phones in it and we can we, we, we can we can sell it for a billion dollars. We, we could have uh, the Incredible Hulk being uh, mildly homophobic about Freddie Prince Jr., Oh yeah, didn't he eat people? He did because that was sort of edgy. It was edgy, Tom. Right. So yeah. It wasn't for kids anymore. It's very serious. Uh, I think there's a lot of incest in it as well. Incest and eating volumes. people. Right. Okay. So we're in the incest and eating people um, phase of rebooting things from the sixties. Uh, so okay. So so the, I guess the the Transformers IP is floating around. It's it had a sort of a blip of success with the Dreamwave comics, which got mismanaged and failed. Um, so I, I don't know how much it went for. Probably not much. I think the license was at its nadir then. But there's rumblings like, hey, maybe we can make an X-Men out of this. 
And I suppose, like the Ultimates was for the Avengers, the IDW Transformers series starting with Infiltration was that for Transformers. And I guess both these things succeeded. Yeah. We now I live in a so. world where these are the two biggest movie franchises of all time. So... It's, uh, yeah, in fact, uh, that's, not, that's not even a retroactive about it because uh, I do have scans of the original issues and I don't think I've got every letters page or bit of secondary material ever. So that's, that's how it's different from Transformation. I'm only going to be talking about comics from secondary stuff. Uh, but the first issue, uh, issue zero, had their letters pages. And issue one has people going, wow, this is the best thing since the Ultimates. So it's... Uh, it's it's definitely people were making that comparison at the time, and uh, it's, a very, it's, a, it's how you do a comic in two thousand and five. It's uh, yeah, you could call it maybe cynical, but it was sensible. It was a, it was a, in the same way, sort of later James Roberts stuff uh, is of the era of Squirrel Girl and comics uh, like that. None of which I can now remember off the names off the top of my head. Um, Lumberjanes. Um, uh... It's of that era, more light-hearted, fun, self-deprecating, let's embrace the silliness of comics era. Uh, Infiltration is of its era of comics as well. And it's, uh, which makes, what makes it interesting from my perspective is that it's Simon Furman writing it, who is, you know, he's a 1980s comic writer. He had been out of comics for close to a decade when, uh, when Dreamwave hired him. Uh, yeah, it was sensible to keep him up with information. He had written the best received stuff that Dreamwave had done. So uh, that's a natural progression to, to bring him in from the start. Uh, but he's sort of a retro... He's a guy you bring in if, you, if you're reviving something from the 70s, 80s or 90s. Aim at an audience of people who remember the 70s and 80s and 90s and want a comic. I'm, I'm, like that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to activate my, my time phone here and I'm going to beam a message back to Simon Furman in, in early 2005. Are you ready? Are you ready for me to, to, to yeah, mess, yeah. mess with the timeline? Okay. Simon, if they make a movie of this, they're not going to pay you anything. They're just going to take all your ideas and, and not so much as give you a thank you. It, it's not... They hate you, Simon. They hate you. The movie people, they hate you. They actively detest the people who made them their money. Thank you. Bye-bye. Wow, uh, that's the message you need. <laughs> I think they made a dance movie at this point as well, so you would believe you about how is it a movie. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, right, because the, 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 there were rumblings of a movie for quite some time, oh, but, weren't they? Yeah, but, uh, but they announced it in the uh, summer of 2005, I think. So. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so he's... Uh, this is him trying to break out of his comfort zone, basically. He's only just really come back to comics. And as it reads, I think he wants to prove he can still be contemporary, that he's not a retro writer. Uh, and, you know, sort of how you can tell how maybe that went overall is that uh, in 2020, his creator-own comic is an 80s-style retro property. It's just basically Dragon's Claws with the serial numbers sawed off. So I think at some point he's realised what he's his comic writing strengths were well. Also, that is that is the style now. Like we've we've had <laughs> Disney have 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 stripped all of these all of the two thousands two thousand tens ideas out of things. Now all you kind of got left is the old stuff. Oh, it's sad. But at least it meant for both Simon Furman and Bob Budiansky got to be that Marvel comics documentary talking about brute force. Oh, which I don't, okay. Which I don't think anyone would have expected that. 
Tell me, how does Infiltration Zero, a product of t of late 2005, how does it how does it bear up here in early 2021? Well, you see, I think it misses the wood from trees. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like the Ultimates, it's part of the opening of a film. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a written for trade story, really. Uh, possibly making my efforts in issue by issue foolish, but it's not designed to be read all in one go. So issue zero is like a prelude to something that's about to happen. It, it's a taster. It's a cheaper, shorter taster to, to whet your appetite. But you still pay for it. Starts. But you still, well, unless it's a free comic day. Okay, one, right. Like Unicron was. But this wasn't. This was like 99p or something. Yeah, yeah. So this is just uh, to tip your toe to the water. Uh, so it's not meant to be the opening of your film. And if you look at the opening of the actual Transformers films that they did, mm -hmm. every single one of them, uh, but especially relative to this uh, 2007 film, Bumblebee, sort of a new start ones, mm -hmm. they all they start with a big Transformers-led action scene. And then it like becomes a light-hearted teen sex comedy for a bit. Right. Like it, it puts its money up front straight away to hit. Yep, there are absolutely getting Transformers beating shit out of stuff in this film. That's a promise we're making to stick with us through the die masturbating stuff and listening to the Smiths and all that. Right. So, you, like in the in the 2007 Transformers film, you've got that opening scene with is it like the big uh, helicopter blackout, man? Yeah. yeah, blackout. And that's great. That's, a, that's yeah. That's a that's a memorable scene. I've not seen this movie since then, and I still remember that. That was a great. Yeah, but it's a, a Bondian pre-credit sequence. So it's like okay, this is what you you're getting what you paid for. Gonna right. You in. But infiltration Z one is infiltration zero is not that. Well, it's it starts at a bus station. Okay. Well, you know. So it, there's there's a bit of action in issue zero. Thundercracker flies over them at the end. There's some shooting, but it's sort of a low key. So I did get a lot of criticism at the time. Uh, like the letters page to issue one has Chris Wilde been very defensive of complaints about issue zero. Oh dear. Uh, he's oh. going, here people writing in and say, no, you should call it the humans. But uh, no way, it's going to be Transformers and you'll believe it after reading issue one or issue two. Anyway. Maybe issue three, four, yeah. five. But there are definitely robots in this comic, you fuckers. It's right. basically the tone of his, his tone in the letters page. So they're going for a coy uh, robots in disguise angle, and that made people cross. Or... It made people cross. I, I quite like the build up. Uh, oh, yeah. It's not, it's it all bad, not a bad on, device. On the payoff, of course, and you can argue about what the point was. Because uh, I think to say, to say this comic was not aimed at people who did not already like Transformers. It's uh, later comics IDW did. did Bring in a very big new audience very successfully. This one is still part of that sort of nostalgic, nostalgia boom, mm. uh, which is all part of it being took much more seriously as well. Because if you were a, a sort of an early 20s fan of a kid's property, you wanted to be very serious to justify you still liking it. Yeah. So it's certainly playing into that. So I don't think there would be many people by this who are not already Transformers fans. Uh, that's only why we were sat in the game, but where are the Transformers, man? Where, where are they? It's just, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to read about some guy got Hunter Onion. Uh, and our protagonist here is is Verity, right? Verity it's Carlo. Verity, yeah, but it's odd because of course she's almost a decoy protagonist. So she's introduced as if she's a central focal character, but later on that really becomes Hunter. Right. And Verity sort of fades out as the story goes on, as does Jimmy Pink, of course. 
famously beloved. All right, yeah, we've got these three human characters. Yeah, Verity is the most interesting of well, them. Well, she's a sort of. Uh, I'm not sure how old she's meant to be. She, I would thought about fifteen, but the letters page quite cheerfully prints stuff calling her you know, a sexy lady. So I'm hoping she's meant to be older than that, or they would have printed those letters. Okay. Uh, it seems like she's drawn to be quite desexualized. Um, I've men on the internet, so I guess, or men, men with letters in those days. But again, even yeah, in in, two th- in the in the time of the Ultimates, that was actually kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, but she's sort of uh, again, yeah, Furman's middle aged middle class British guy trying to write uh, two thousand and five streets American teenager. So it does come up as a little art at sure. times. Yeah. Oh no, I did a, a surprise to me for these two issues is I was not a fan of Verity in the early stuff. I became a fan of hers uh, with the Nick Roach stuff. Yeah, I think largely because she's older then and it's a bit easier for uh, middle aged, middle class Irish guy to write an American in their 20s who's a bit pissed off than perhaps a 15 year old American. Also, Verity <laughs> becomes somebody who has grown up with the Transformers, and that's, uh, you know, relatable, I suppose. Um, Whereas, yeah, here she's got the role of like, what the hell's going on? What's all these car people? But uh, what, what I found uh, reading uh, Zero and One is that it's uh, not so much Verity is an annoyed or bad character yeah. by herself. It's how ev- all the other characters in the book are reacting to her. Where right. Constant, uh, Ratchet is uh, dismissive of her immediately. Yeah. Hunter is just a big dick to her. Yeah. Oh, you... I see you have a fancy uh, PDA there. That's a very expensive one. That's suspicious. I know. a girl would have one of those. I would say if I just saw a teenager with a fancy computer, I would assume they had rich parents. Right. Than, this is not right. I'm going to steal that and look at your photos and then rub it in your face when it's all your fault. Okay, so let me hang some plot on all this. So it goes that... Verity's at a bus station. She steals a fancy PDA. <laughs> that's, a, that's a term you'd have to. But, but, just, but does have it look like you should be able to take photos because it's got one of sort of the green LED LED screens? All right, yeah. Doesn't it have like, photos uh, on it? Uh, yeah, it's got photos of Star Screen. Okay, right. Okay. Up. I bet it's a perfect HD photo. It's not bad. She, that she, is an advanced computer. She steals a PDA so she can chat on the internet, which is what teens are doing. And uh, in doing so, gets hunted by some Decepticons. She hitchhikes um, around and meets this uh, quite aggressive nerd called Hunter O'Neon and uh, gets negged by him. Basically, yeah, he's uh, the, the most stacy thing for me. You would have to have a heroic character be this guy now this guy would be the, the villain who sells out for baddies a girl i can't yeah i can't quite date him. he's a full-on basement relling insult basically yeah he feels very much like a criticism of the audience <laughs> i i think you're meant to like him i i think he's meant to be the relatable audience figure so maybe that says more about what Tom of Herman thinks about readership or whatever uh, and this, this this is another thing, right? He's a conspiracy nut in an age when that was sort of sweet. Well, about f- sort of five years 
<laughs> of course, this is post Iron Lemon, so all the sort of alien conspiracy stuff would have filled the void. Oh, uh, right. He'd be all War. into holograms and jet fuel. Yeah, it's, uh, it's done at this point. We had real shit going down. So, in fact, he's sort of, yeah, there were aliens about it. I like yeah, no nobody cared. You if you were a real conspiracy guy in 2005, you'd be like talking about how uh, the FBI couldn't lead in 9 11. Well, it's it was all um uh it's kind of come round again, funnily enough. It was a lot like Federal Reserve stuff about uh, a lot of angst over the euro, like one world currency stuff. It was yeah, it was very linked to uh, I guess yeah, just the real anxiety of the fact that. Uh, power is being consolidated massively, but Hunter, yeah, is very much of a more vin- of a of a older vintage of that. He's about like government secrets and UFOs and X Files. I mean, they they keep mentioning X Files, don't they? Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, and again, you're about to finish uh, in 2002. I think the original one of the X Files. The last time the X Files was at its sort of cultural peak was probably about ten years before this comic came out. Okay. Sort of mid 90s, it's its most popular. So it's definitely feel. I mean, all the talk of the internet in this comic is absolutely hilarious. Oh, because there was there was a, there was like a like a fake web like a fun website, a Mechtopia, right? Oh, did so, did they create that? I wasn't sure. I couldn't find any uh, evidence of that. I know oh, I know no. Nick Roach created a uh, a MySpace page. For cup. for cup later on, so maybe they did this as well. But um... no, yeah, no, I, I definitely remember visiting Mectopia. Um, oh, yeah, right. and there were some fun images on there. There were like some clues. That was very much of its time. When was Halo Two and the Matrix and stuff? It was having a, a fake website <laughs> um, to support your 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 geek genre um, property. Was was very in, but they didn't really take it very far. I don't think anyone got paid for it. So you're obsessed with people being paid for work, Tom. I'm, I'm glad now I am your employee. Uh, you have this uh, <laughs> this noble goal. Well, you know, at the time, I mean, they still are. IDW are just sort of, they're known as the the real cheapskates of the comics uh, world. They will they will <laughs> they will not pay you what you're worth, and they um, are kind of quite nakedly trying to make films um, for things you do not own the rights for. Oh. In terms of creative stuff, I do... As any of the firm made sense higher. I think uh, they would talk to other people as well, though, because almost immediately... And I'd forgotten this, so I put the exact publication order out. Mm. uh, Heart of Seal happens. And I, I think they were maybe trying to get Chuck Dixon to do this. And he only agreed... You're like, yeah, I don't really want to do a mini series. So they invented this slightly that... odd Elseworlds concept for him to do a mini series in. Okay, and okay, wait, they give, never give, did give, it again. Give me a bit of context there. So, wait. Uh, so, Hearts of Steel was a, a, a mini series at the beginning of IDW's yeah, but, run. But was it originally in continuity with the rest of IDW stuff? And then many years later, John Barber made it in continuity. Sure. So hang, so hang on. When was Hearts of Steel published? Uh, it was. It came out after issue one. Came out after issue five of Infiltration. Jeez, that so early. So that's, okay. uh, that's why I think they must have been planning that as Infiltration was started. That makes me feel like they reach out to the writer. Because Chuck Dixon's a reasonable comic name. It's sort of a mid-tier name, I'd say. 
Um, yeah, I guess, I guess he, I mean, it's such a weird little world, but yeah, he wrote on Batman. And right, that right, yeah, that's what something. you want. I don't, I made a thing of him at the time, anyway. Yeah. Again, hey, Chuck, you want to write some Transformers for us? Uh, your chip for us, he went, can I make them scene trains? We're like, fuck. Okay, you can do that as a mini-series, we'll just get firmly into our main stuff. <laughs> okay, so you are positing from the timing of things, that one of the, that there were two pitches that IDW considered. Uh, yeah, maybe more. I mean, that's what you do when you right, series, okay. anyway. you reach out to different people and see what they might want to be. And one of them was Furman's kind of Men in Black, Marvel Ultimate sort of deal. And the other one was Chuck, Chuck Dixon's sort of Bananas um, steampunk Transformers. He came up with after, when he said, I'll do a miniseries. He they might have thought about for other ideas. Okay. I don't say he was going to do a scene play thing if he'd have launched main series, he'd have done something else. But that was what they originally agreed, managed to sort out with him to do. Oh, okay. They, so they, wanted, you... they wanted a name they could promote. Okay, so, you, so your theory is that Chuck Dixon was originally solicited, he was approached to be the relaunch guy for Transformers. That didn't work out, but then they had him on the line, and that's why Hearts of Steel happened. Yes, yeah, so I think that's a, that's a reason. That's one of my sort of speculative speculations. So I think there's a logic Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so enthusiastic, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some evidence would be nice, but it's it's an interesting idea. Oh yeah, I will go out to Chuck Sixon's house, break into his uh, his PDA. Well, we could we could drop him I'll a line. I'll send you a flashing He might have something interesting to say. Oh, I want to tell you what happened uh, to his seal <laughs> stuff later on. After. <laughs> You know, it turned out that was an Optimus Prime. Chuck, you were actually writing about some other bloke. Some some poor person who Shockway victimised. Aren't we all? Okay, so, as far as how Infiltration looks to the, uh, to the 2021 eye, Verity is a female protagonist who's not a protagonist, who's being beset upon by everybody. The nerddom angle is quite out of date. What's what what's uh, what's something we really can appreciate by looking back at these comics? Uh, 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 definitely uh, EJ Sue's art. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not even really into the peak of his art yet uh, because uh, obviously there's not many Transformers in issue zero and issue one. But uh, once that really uh, uh, kicks off, I think uh, his art was groundbreaking and also still very fresh today because nobody else really. Apes his style. I mean, there's a lot of artists who are a bit Nick Roachy because they've been inspired by Nick Roach or a bit Jeff Senior, whichever era of Transformers comic art they were really were inspired by. Mm. Uh, there's very few people where you go, yeah, this person loved EJC stuff because EJC stuff is really hard to do. He's a professional, he's described on his uh, wiki page as a, as a technical drawer. Yeah. And I'm not really, I've used that phrase a lot, I don't really know what it means, so I think that means he like, draws. Mechanical stuff, very freshly uses a, sl- a ruler. Yeah, it kind of comes more from draftsmanship than um, illustration. And that's, that's, a, that's a skill. Uh, I think even the artists who fill in with him during the Shuns era, uh, which thinks like Nick Roach and uh, Robbie Russo does one, I think, doesn't he? Uh, or was that a name I just invented? That doesn't sound like a. That doesn't sound like a real name. <laughs> he, did, he did the Ultra Magnus spotlight, I think. Ah, okay. So somebody else did the issue of Devastation, as well as Dick Roach, and I can't remember. Uh... Uh, Dan Canner, I think. That's someone. Anyway. But you can't really beat EJ Sue on um, 
perfect vanishing points and um, technical construction and movement as of, of machinery and of speed. Uh, he's, yeah, an incredibly... He's, he's somebody who manages to um, fill in every kind of panel line on a vehicle while still making that vehicle look incredibly dynamic without... I don't know. I honestly don't know how he does it. But he doesn't um, do animation tricks. He doesn't kind of... Uh, do the, the, the bend and the squashing of animation to sort of imply movement. He just does it through impeccable <laughs> drawing. Uh, yeah, you, you, you couldn't really ask for someone more technically accomplished. And in terms of trying to be of its, of its era, that's where it's most successful as well. Yeah, he's in uh, sounds a good company with Brian Hitch's ass of the ultimate. So that's similar sort of... Uh, Human eye scale looking up at robots, yeah, like it was a film where you'd have the human protagonists be central and maybe all done their POV, which is basically what the film ultimately does, of course, in 2007. It has exactly the same approach as uh, EJ Sue's art, mm, so yeah. he, he gets it exactly on the nose. And uh, obviously, we have many, many fine artists uh, and- after this, but, but, but he is in a weak category. Uh, by himself, I'd say. And I think, like, the attempts in the writing and the presentation to sort of make this, like, Transformers for the discerning um, uh, early 20s man, uh, I I think EJ Seuss sells that much better than the than the um, than the writing, and I think EJ Seuss, Seuss sells that much better than the, the, the packaging. Um, it, looks, it, look, it, looks, it looks grown up. It looks like it's for grown-ups. <laughs> of course, pretty much immediately, uh, things were happening behind the scenes because uh-huh. of that. Uh, the big problem I'm going to talk about a lot during this project IDW has is they are uh, were obsessed for a long time for getting readership up. They wanted those sort of Dreamwave figures, and any time there's a dip, and there's a lot of dips along the way, hmm. uh, they panic. I uh, saw running about like Endless Chickies. We've got to change them. We've got to, and it never really works. Uh, they, yeah, very reactive, so, weren't they? They sort of, uh, that's one of the best things that John Barber came in. And they just accepted the sales figures were what the sales figures were. And uh, they, they stuck to their guns with more than these eyebrows in the skies for a good few years until uh, outside factors came into play again. I wonder to what extent having a reach in other countries was a part of that. Do you know? Um, do you know if Infiltration was translated at all? Ah, uh, uh, that I, I know it's been translated since. I know uh, maybe it's on various foreign editions of IDW comics. So I'm not sure about what extent it was at the time. Because a lot of the online discourse about sales figures and things just comes from Diamond's weird comic shop cult. It doesn't come from anywhere outside of the US. And so you can be doing 10,000 copies of More Than Meets the Eye, but if More Than Meets the Eye is also being translated into Japanese or, or Russian, then, they, who you know, they're probably selling more. Yeah, it's a very reactive period. Almost immediately, yeah, they had all this negative feedback on Issue Zero, which a lot of which you know, I think was unfair. Because uh, it's an issue zero, it's just a 16 page little taste, so going where all the robots uh, 
Even though they, I think we could have done issue zero differently, I think Marvel complaints were a bit over the top. Uh, they immediately start to react to that, so suddenly you get Stormbringer added after infiltration, and that wasn't going to be a thing. So Stormbringer was a, a, a sort of a sequel mini-series to Infiltration. Yeah, well, it's, it's a prequel, isn't it? Which is mostly it's before, and it's that is basically, hey, you thought there weren't any robots in Infiltration, but here are all the motherfucking robots! That's your kind of the Bumblebee movie, like, we're on Cybertron, we're saying grandiose things, we're shooting guns, we're doing backflips. It was that kind of tone, right? It, it's War Within 4, basically. It's just, uh, War Within it, being a, a Dreamwave. A, um, a Dreamwave Furber comic, yeah. It, it's, it's regressive. It's, oh shit, we've got to shut up these five people who wrote us letters on paper. <laughs> it was an impen. and like uh, a lot got... of lore a lot of like what is the fate of Cybertron and what is the ultimate weapon that was developed that kind of thing where this is like a homeless woman at a bus shelter meets uh, an unpleasant man and it's uh, it definitely I think affected the later uh, firm and stuff because if Stormbringer presumably all that stuff would have been covered in the main series as it went along, and you rip that out. There's, there are vacancies. Uh, quite, there's a lot of emptiness in the, the shun stuff that goes along because a lot of key stuff gets covered in Stormbringer, and then they introduce the spotlights, and lots of key stuff happens in that. And it, it becomes quite an empty thing. Missing my memory, of course, of that time I read it, maybe that change right, yeah. as, I, as I go through. But uh, it becomes quite an empty feeling series, the main series, where there's a lot of stuff on aliens who want to come kill everybody because apparently Decepticons being aliens who want to come kill everybody isn't mm. enough for the series. Right, um, you've got to have the sort of the, the, the um, like the meta parasite. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff chasing Ironhide about but it never really goes anywhere. Oh, so yeah. It's, uh, and obviously the firm stuff ended up being wrapped up very suddenly as well. So yeah, it's sort of hard to judge. Okay. As a, what that could have been if he'd had his full uninterrupted run. There were compromises almost almost immediately. Mm. That, that makes it interesting to talk about, though. Yeah, later, I mean, so especially because we're we're like a year deep into the new IDW comics. That's like two years out of. Is it? Well, 2018, I think. It's... 2018, that's ridiculous. Go to jail, that's not true. Wow, damn. Um, so, okay, yeah, we're two years, we've got, we've got, we've got, like, another world of restarting the Transformers for a new audience, and there is yet to be a human being in it, I guess, two years in, I guess that, that, that wound runs deep. Ah, uh, well, you know, we've got Earthrise coming, Tom, so maybe we go to Earth, and we'll meet a homeless... A homeless what? woman at a bus shelter, yeah. Yeah, but sort of, like, in her late 70s, to represent how we've all aged. <laughs> It's got arthritis, but she's still got attitude. <laughs> so then a flash mails. <laughs> it's weird, you know, it, it is it is bizarre to compare it to the um I don't know, what do we call it? The rubble arc of of IDW's twenty nineteen series. Which really throws you in I mean, it it feels like the, the new IDW stuff has thrown you in the deep end and you're still not out of the deep end. I guess poking your head above the surface, splashing yeah. away. It's the waves just keep getting bigger and bigger. Oh no, there's just so much. This is. I'm in the ocean. I, I fell off. <laughs> I fell off a diving board, and now I realise I'm in the ocean. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's what make a part of a cover. Swear you the bend. But then I guess now you know if you want if you want Transformers, you can go watch a Bumblebee movie. You can watch Rescue Butts. You can watch the awful Netflix drivel. You can uh, you know you can play Earth like Earth Wars is still going on. There's so much. There's I mean there weren't even, were there even toys out around in 2005? Uh, there were toys. Of course, I think it's uh, you were just. Uh, post-Cybertron, weren't you? So, uh, in that gap between that and... Uh, in fact, no, Cybertron was still going on. There was some debate Cybertron's about, still going on, okay. Because they, they there was a debate about that at the time whether they were going to uh, do the Cybertron comic. Okay. From the Dreamwave. Uh, All right, so not that comic, different. There was a so, big kid's show that was out. And you can't get bigger than Cybertron. Yeah, oh, boy. That's the biggest kid's show of all time. But... Uh, <laughs> It's been saying the franchise was on a bit of a downward spiral at the time, though. It was, it's always been it sort of had these peaks and troughs, and it was going into a bit of a trough with, uh, as RDW took it over. Uh, sort of, uh, I think the last big thing had been uh, Armada. The rest of that trilogy sort of diminished in popularity. Yeah, Armada was huge, wasn't it? Okay, so this was and kind of like a breath, a breath holding before the film. A breath holding before Michael Bay came along and made it all good again. <laughs> bless his jockey socks um so going forward what are you looking out for as you go through these old idw comics uh well uh, sort of how the different series run at the same time play into mm-hmm. each other uh, mm-hmm. which I, I, again you wouldn't really get after reading in uh, trade order where sort of there uh, where spotlights pops up that's out of sequence and then does it get referenced for another eight years <laughs> how all those play into one another and we're going back and forth. Uh, obviously, there's the great controversies along the way. There's the, uh, Eric Holmes, Simon Furman, Tension. There's... It'd be interesting to know how much of that is is visible when you're not kind of steeped in it. Right? That's like, right. So, I mean, obviously, when it comes, I think you in the impossible to notice there's some weird shit going on with uh, Maximum Dinobots and all hail Megatron. Sure, yeah. But, uh, but, I, but I've spoken to people who honestly didn't notice. Like, they were reading, and then all hail Megatron came out, and then, you know, they. they if, if you weren't. If you weren't following these things quite closely, it just seemed like there's a new story out. Yeah, yeah, all hail Megatron. Uh, I'm not a hugest fan of it. It did stop the uh, sales decline and hmm. uh, sort of stabilise it where it was till pretty much the end of it. So it's stuck in around 10,000 copies of issue. Officially, of course, when we've got digital and, as you said, international sales as well on top of that. But uh, All Hell Megatron sort of uh, stopped the decline and stabilised things. So in terms of doing its job, it did its, it did its job. Uh, okay. I'm going to make a conjecture. I'm going to call it McNally's conjecture. <clears throat> I am going to predict, I may, so that I may be right, maybe wrong on this, that the behind-the-scenes stuff, the shuffling of editors and things, is a little less jarring on your journey back through IDW. That's my conjecture. Well, you'll have to come back in uh, six years. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, having a panic so you were thought we were going to fade away, Tom, but now you've missed us to right. the rest of a decade. <laughs> Let's do a half-hour show every week where we go, have you 
Has Mark injector come through yet? And I'll have to say yes or no. I'll creak. I'll creak and groan. Oh, the conjunction, Stuart. When, when will it be? When will it come to fruition? That's what uh, I'll do. So, Infiltration 0 and Infiltration 1, you have covered. Uh, when can we expect your coverage of Infiltration 2? Infiltration 2 is on this very Friday for when we are recording it. Oh, uh, God, which that's, is uh, going to be the 8th of, 8th of January. Every Friday. <laughs> every Friday we can go to your website, which is thesolarpool.weebly.com. Uh, we can join you on this strange pilgrimage. It is. You can mark the fact that in the, uh, the URL for the revisitation page, I've spelt revisitation wrong. Excellent. Uh, I may go back and change that at some point. I'll change all the links I've already put up. I don't know if that's worth... Wait, yeah, wait, it's... wait. I, I've got a joke. Okay. Go on, go on. Okay. That is quite an achievement. Yeah, Thank you. Because yes. of, of the spelling mistake there. Well done. You have, uh, you have famous bird snickerage. Yeah, there we go. Uh, one of the few people I might be able to count on some uh, information. You've now, you've now insulted him. Oh. It's, it's, it's one of the few people you haven't upset over the years, isn't he? It is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's my, my talent. <laughs> but yeah, Fubin himself still follows me on Twitter, so I'm assuming he broadly agrees with everything I've ever said. I don't know. Wait, we should get him on the show. I'd, we, I'd, I'd like to talk to Simon for... I've never... I think maybe once in like... I think in like 2006, I think I said something to Simon Furman in a bar. I, I don't know. Where, ah, but where were you? I think I was at Bristol Comics Con. Ah, but yeah, that's, you didn't even have to go to a Transformers convention. You were, you were there as, as a peer, I think, because that would have been when you were doing all your, uh, your indie comics. I think you'd be there as an artist. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I think I said I liked the new IDW truck. I think I said that. I, said, I think I said I liked those, so... I don't know what else more to say, honestly. But, you know, he can, he, he can say some things about... Scurrilous rumours. That'd be fun. Yeah, it. be amazing if you just go to there. I know scurrilous rumours. It was all very happy. I got to tell exactly the story I wanted to tell. I could annoy uh, him by asking how working on Transformers fits with his uh, my perception of his worldview. That would be good. <laughs> well, I, think I, I think there are a lot of people in the fandom who have some questions for Simon Furman if he ever came on a podcast where he was open to any question, but I suspect... That may not be happening. I, I should also give thanks to uh, Tom B. Long, uh, who designed the logo for Visitation for me. Uh, oh, yes. He, I offered to pay it. He said, no, no, no that's okay. Uh, here you go. Have it. Have it. So, uh, support. I don't, I don't think he's working in comics at the moment. But whatever, whatever he's working in, go support him with that. If he's uh, cleaning. He's been a, or, a cleaner for, for uh, yeah, a Yeah, go... Put your trash in the appropriate bin. Don't leave Tommy Long to come clean up after you. Make it a bit easier for me. Oh. We've already slandered him as well. He'd be like, I'm not a cleaner. I'm a, I'm a CEO of a major company. And now you've slandered me. I don't know. Being a cleaner is more flattering than being a CEO of a major company, surely. Uh, in, in every way except the bank balance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there will, there will be positivity. There will be good times yeah. and bad. And all sorts of stuff. I mean... For all the weird things to talk about as well, like uh, Spotlight Blaster. Never any really follow up on that. <laughs> <laughs> a big dangly loose end there that John Barber never touch. 
Wow, spotlight blaster. Wow, there's something I haven't had to think about. In a long you, time. I'm gonna be making you think about it, Tom. I'll be oh, making geez. you oh, I, was... I just got like an information rush. Like, wow, that uh, is... you go. Of course, you... yes, there's gonna be the spotlight RC stuff, and there's gonna be all hail Megatron stuff, and there's gonna be Mike Costa stuff. Uh, but there's gonna be the good stuff. Yeah, the spotlight cup stuff, the uh, last stand of a wrecker stuff, the renaissance of the early. As I think you have to call the last decade now, I guess. The teens? Uh, yeah, teenies. Well, it's the noughties is what we've all decided. Noughties and teenies and yeah. twenties. I think no, we're allowed to just call it the twenties now. We, we matured. Right, yeah. Probably. But uh, <laughs> as you've seen through we've all the, the edits. Spotlight Blaster and now we're better people. Well, I for one am looking forward to it, Stuart. Excellent. I'm before two people uh, just going to tell me about all spelling mistakes. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, write uh, in to Stuart, uh, follow him on Twitter, and, and needle him about minor spelling and grammar issues. That'll, it's it's all, it Every down. sentence is carefully uh, phrased to uh, reveal who is... Uh, if you break the code, you'll find out who the, the real uh, despicable people at IDW were. All of a sudden, I can't who say it. Oh, wow. Oh, it's like the Zodiac Killer code that we just cracked. So you gotta... That's an ARV for the modern age. <laughs> right. So, this has been Podcast Maximus. I have been Tom McNally, and with me has been... Uh, an increasingly, hysterically, uh, off-the-leach Stuart Webb. <laughs> well, I had an orange no juice uh, during the show, but I think the sugar rush was affected. <laughs> and until next time, this has been Podcast Maximus. Farewell! Goodbye, everybody! That was Podcast Maximus episode 49, an introduction to Revisitation. It was a production of Red Button Audio. You can read Revisitation at thesolarpool.weebly.com and follow Stuart on at InflatableDalek. The music is Resuscitation by Hazeltron on a Creative Commons BYNC 2.0 license, and the intro music was generated by Computoza. You can follow the show on Twitter or Facebook and find our other shows through at RedBAudio. Reviews and encouragement, very welcome.